eBay Motors es tu socio seguro. Con trabajo, piezas nuevas y mucha pasión, transformaste una carrocería oxidada con 100,000 millas en un vehículo totalmente singular. Juegos de frenos, faros, lo que necesites, eBay Motors lo tiene. Con Guaranteed Fit de eBay, te aseguras que la pieza le quede a tu carro a la primera o se te devuelve tu dinero. Y a estos precios, ¿qué más llantas sino dinero? Mantén vivo ese espíritu de Ride or Die, baby, en eBay Motors. eBayMotors.com Solo para artículos elegibles. Se aplican en Ford creemos que ya sea que estés bajo el foco de atención o bajo tu propio techo, que tengas 90 minutos o 9 horas, que estés empezando cambios o un largo viaje, fortaleza es hacer todo, como si el mundo entero te estuviera mirando. Presentamos la nueva Ford F-150 2024. Fuerza así de inteligente, solo puede ser F-150. Construida con orgullo Ford. Fuerza Ford. Aloha mamá, sorry por responder hasta ahora Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk Hawái es increíble, luego te cuento más Te quiero Be all you can be, visitando goarmy.com diagonal español For many moms who have experienced a loss or a struggle Finding a mission bigger than the suffering could be the path to healing Today we talk to mompreneur Ana María Certain a mother of four earthly kids and one in heaven, as she shares her story about adjusting to change, going through heartbreak, and turning her pain into purpose. We read the books, we bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, We're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay. Because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. Hello. Hi. I'm finally in a good mood. I've been... <laughs> she was a little cranky this morning, but she turned it around and Karen is in a good mood. She looks God. so cute today. I'm also. wearing a beautiful, crisp white sweater and... My favorite color, green. Green is my favorite color. I, wore, I bought a dress this week and I wore it yesterday to an event and I got so many compliments. I loved it. It's the exact same I green, loved it. I know. Much. Green is my favorite color. It's like color. Gumby it's green. Like, yes. It's like green, green. We don't play green. But I love all shades of green. But anyway, I had a traffic jam this morning and that didn't bother me. Like, it took me an hour and 20 minutes to take Victoria to school. That didn't bother me. What really bothered me is people who don't respect the rules and like I don't think I'm mad at them I think I'm mad at me like why are you respecting the rules don't be such a moron just whatever let's start with our motherish moment of the week because Go for it. I'm about to vent about it mm -hmm. so there's a second night that Ford decides to pretend he's going to sleep like oh such a sweet baby <laughs> pajama so cute we read the book Put him in his crib or put him in his bed. And um, wait, is he in a crib or is he in a bed still? What did, have you transitioned? No, he We is in a crib in my house. He's in a bed at his dad's. Ah, okay, okay. I still have him in a crib with the net, so it's like a cage. Oh, you you did the net. Did We the, never yeah. got an update on this. Yeah, know? he's in a cage. Okay. <laughs> so he pretends, goes to bed, and then like an hour into it, it's the cutest thing ever. We hear like little steps, like he never the two nights in a row he never went to sleep. Then he ends up just being in a great mood, being the cutest little baby ever, where you can't even say no to him or reprimand him or anything. He's like, hi, hello. And like does these cute little faces. I'm like, who is this child? And he just wants to play at that time. So last night he ended up playing for like another hour and a half. 
then I was so tired and I gave in and he wanted to watch TV and I just put TV on. I'm like, okay, like, you know, I think when I put on TV, I fall asleep like no, 10 minutes into it. It's not the same. One thirty in the morning. Oh my God. He was still watching. And you know, like these, all these streaming services is watching uh, Super Wings, which is so cute, by the way. What is that? To me, it it's, sounds like a chicken It's wing. a cartoon. <laughs> it's a cartoon about planes that travel. They get a mission all over the world. So you learn about that place. So like the last oh, episode cute. was like, oh, there's a child in Cusco. They travel to Cusco. They deliver the package. Something happens. They go on a mission. They learn the language. They learn one or two words in that, you know, they, they Quechua in, in Cusco. It's really cute, but it automatically goes to the next episode and the next episode yeah, yeah, yeah. and the next episode. Mm -hmm. And then the, so 20 episodes later, yep. my child is still, and I can see him fighting it, like falling asleep and like, so exhausted and he's still awake. At one point, I'm like 1.30. I'm like, you know what, Ford, I turn it off. He cried for like, mas, mama, mas, mas, airplane, mas, por favor. And I was just like, no, baby, you can't. Okay, so I turned it off. He kept crying, crying, crying. I gave in again. I turned it <gasps> on again. I was so tired. Because I was sleeping through it. I was sleeping through his crying. No. I know. Horrible. Please do not say, don't do as I do. You know? Um, don't do as I do. Horrible example. No. Yes. No. Do so as finally, I say, not as he I literally do. fell asleep eventually. Like, I, I want to say it wasn't that late. Maybe like close to two in the morning. And he was just like, like in an awkward position. So trying to watch TV. In and your bed. I, yes. So I turned off the TV. Oh my God. And then this morning, I had a debate. Like, do I just, because I usually, when that happens, I because it barely, it has never really happened. He's a great sleeper. So the few times that it has happened, I'm like, he's not going to go to school. He's going to be exhausted. He's tired. And you know, this morning I was like, you know what? Let me think about this. If I really had no other choice, I have to go to work. We were recording yeah. this morning. I didn't have help in the morning. I was like, you know what? I'm sorry for it, but Para escuela. You, you're going to have to go to school. <laughs> I dressed him up. He was crying. He was exhausted. On the way to school, he fell asleep in the car seat. No. He didn't eat breakfast. I dropped him off like 20 minutes late. I tell the teacher, listen, I'm so sorry. He may be like a little monster. He's going to be cranky and tired and hungry because he hasn't eaten breakfast. But you know what? I have to Deal go. With it. So we'll see. Because yesterday when I picked him up at noon, he was falling asleep on the way back home too. So I'm hoping it's just like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. So I just want to get him back into his routine. So my mother's moment is about surviving my first spirit week. This is the kind of thing that you only see. I would think you would have. Did you love it? No. Oh, and, I And this it. is exactly what my mother's I moment is about. It. You know, I always saw this on Instagram. You know, you see everybody gets all excited. The Which, ones, by the way, I didn't see any of your spirits. Because I thought it Instagram. sucked. I hated it. I don't like it. What were it. the themes? And now there's like another freaking, like the Halloween week. There's like another thing. Like, I'm just like, can we just send them in the uniform and call it a day? What, was like, the, what, what were the this? themes? Like, you didn't like the themes? It's not that I don't like the themes. I like the themes. They're very exciting. But it's just... I don't know. Like, I got a few messages on Instagram. <laughs> was that one, two guys? The people were like, oh my God, but you, I feel like we had like really high expectations from you for Spirit Week. Like, we thought that you would be all into this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, like, I go all in for the things that I think are important. Halloween decoration. This uh, is literally like Halloween every day. But it, but it's not because it's a negotiation with her every day. Because if she were just like a little puppet that I could dress up however I wanted to, then it would be different. But this is like... Okay, so okay, give me an the, example. What okay, was one Monday thing? was... I, mean, I can't even remember, honestly. Oh, Monday was Disney Day. Oh my, this is like your dream day. What are you talking about? Yes, and what did she wear? Honestly, it was four days ago. I can't even remember. Like, I assumed... Easy. We have 75 different princess dresses. She's definitely going to wear it. It's going to be fine. No, this is what she wore. She wore some dress from Target that has like Minnie Mouse on it. And this is what she wanted. Like, it's like one of those like little she like. She looks so cute. It was like a tutu skirt. Yeah, like a tutu skirt dress or whatever with like, 
you know, beige with like little Minnie Mouse print on it. And I was like, Disney day, that's what you want. Of all the things, this is your day to go as Anna or Elsa. And like, she decided to go with this like multiple pattern mini dress. The second day was Western day. That day was kind of cute, but I, oh, I saw that. that was she cute. picked out this Western little dress on Amazon and whatever, because you know, I like to prepare her, blah, blah, blah. She got a cowgirl hat from Goodwill with my mom. I put it on, no me gusta. Okay, Victoria, it's 8.15. We have to be out of here in 15 minutes. What are you gonna wear? I ended up having to makeshift another little outfit with like jeans and you know, her little bañuelo and the hat. I picked her up from school. She was wearing a completely different outfit. So I don't know what happened at school. Wednesday was your favorite character day. This, no, no, I, I'm gonna make this short cause it's so long, but like <laughs> she's into this show now called Gabby's Dollhouse yes, on Netflix. Yes, I know, I Obsessed, know. like to the point where she's like, call me Gabby. I'm like, okay. Favorite character, it was, it was supposed to be dressed up as your favorite character or whatever, again, entire rack of Disney princess dresses or Ghost Spider-Man, which she, I mean, not Spider-Man, Ghost Spider. Spider. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She also loves Ghost Spider. But I want to go dressed as Gabby. What does Gabby wear? Gabby wears a striped shirt with a pink cardigan and jeans. She doesn't have any of this stuff that actually fits her. The one striped shirt she has, like her belly is hanging out from the bottom of it because it's so little. She grew. And I think it's like the school lunches, all the, the beans and the lentils and the, everything she's eating. She grew like so much. So anyway, I hate Spirit Week. It's done. I'm so glad there's another one of these coming up the week of Halloween. I am very surprised. I'm not here life. for it. Like, I love a uniform. Annie, it's your time. Give us your so we have a guest moment. today. She's yeah. going to share her motherish yeah. moment of the week before we formally introduce her. So, hi. Hi, good morning. I'm actually laughing at your motherish moments because I can totally relate with both stories, um, especially the, the Spirit Week one. I feel schools never go in, like, uniform five days out of the week. And I did this comment when we did like initiation orientation at school this year and i told teachers like can you please stick to the uniform i have four kids at home like i have a huge calendar on my desk just like writing down when they have to take the green shirt when they have to wear costumes we're doing hispanic week next week and i'm a little concerned because one has to go in a um, costume the other That's one so has to work. take croquetas so it gets insane um but my motherish moment of the week is actually super It's very basic for most parents, but I was super happy this morning because it's the first time the, the Twimplets, I call my babies the Twimplets, the Twimplets started school late August, then we went through a bout of RSV, they've gotten sick a couple of times, but this week is their first like complete week in school and they're actually happy to go to school now so i was super excited to walk them to their room this morning and have them say bye and like okay i'll see you later because it's been a mission to get them to want to stay because they've been in and out of school for like the past two months so orientation for them didn't go as planned and today was finally like God, they're so happy to be there and, and they're okay and they're not sick. So I was super excited and super proud. I was like, yay, we're there, you know? So that was my motherish moment for today. En Ford creemos que ya sea que estés bajo el foco de atención o bajo tu propio techo, que tengas 90 minutos o 9 horas, que estés empezando cambios o un largo viaje, fortaleza es hacer todo como si el mundo entero te estuviera mirando. Presentamos la nueva Ford F-150 2024. Fuerza así de inteligente, solo puede ser F-150. Construida con orgullo Ford. Fuerza Ford.
Aloha, mamá. Sorry por responder hasta ahora. Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk. Hawái es increíble. Luego te cuento más. Te quiero. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously. Shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. So, we're excited to have Annie with us today. Hey, she's Ana Maria, formerly. She's originally from Colombia. She lives in Miami. She is an entrepreneur. She's in the e-commerce business. But I think her most important role is obviously being a mommy. She's a mommy to four earthly kids, one in heaven. And, you know, we have been, I think, Karen, you have been actually following her more in terms of, like, her journey. And I want her to share a little bit of her story. You know, and I think we're going to learn a lot about turning pain into purpose with her story. So, Hi, Annie. Welcome. Tell us a little bit about who you are. How would you define yourself? I'll give you like a little summary because yesterday Karen asked me if I could put something together for you guys just so we could give people an overview of who I am. So I'm one of these global citizens, just like Karen, that she lived in New York and she, she travels a lot. Well, I was living in Spain for the past 10 years, but I grew up here in Miami. But my parents are Colombian, so I, I think I have a little mix of everything in me. I married a Spaniard, which I, whom I met on a trip to Spain, to Barcelona, Gonzalo. And we actually lived in Barcelona from 2013 to 2020, when I got pregnant with the triplets. I'm a mom of five. I had Maria in 2017. She's in kindergarten now. I have Ana. She's in pre-K three. This is like a fun fact about Anna's pregnancy, which will come into play into my story. When I got pregnant with Anna, it was twins. Uh, it was a spontaneous twin pregnancy, and I had a vanishing twin, which was apparently a boy, because my gender reveal said I was having a boy, and I actually had a girl. So we think the lost twin was a boy. And then we lived through COVID in Barcelona, stuck in our 900-square-feet apartment, And apparently we got bored and we made triplets. So I got pregnant with, spontaneously, again, with um, tri-tri-triplets, which means I had three bags, three placentas, and oh it God. was three boys. I mean, it was a super high-risk pregnancy. And the doctors, I, I always say I am very thankful for Dr. Jelly in Barcelona because he really like painted out the picture of my high-risk pregnancy and the pros and cons of staying in Spain, the pros and cons of probably coming back to the U.S. to have them here and kind of explaining a little bit what I could expect, which is probably one of the first big learnings that I had through this tough situation. No one really talks about the ugly things in pregnancy, in motherhood, you know, especially nowadays where we share on social media, like we usually share the happy things. And this doctor just like opened up my eyes into what I was getting myself into wow. if I decided to keep my triplet pregnancy because they also suggested I got a reduction for one of the babies or two of the babies just to make sure oh, wow. like my life wasn't at risk and we could take the pregnancy up to term. 
my husband and I outweighed the pros and the cons and we decided it would be best if we packed up our entire life in 20 days and we moved to Miami just because thankfully we understood that the most important thing for us to survive our next chapter with our triplet pregnancy was yeah. having a huge support from our family and friends and we would get that here in Miami I mean I don't want to downplay it because we have really good friends in Spain and uh, his family, my political family is over there, but their situation was different. Like we're living in my mom's house, you know, like my sister's single, she would help out every day. <laughs> Thankfully, we moved back. It wasn't really in the plans, but we're here and we've been here for two years, which don't seem like two years because we're just really starting to find normalcy in our lives now. Um, we moved September 2020. The triplets were born at 25 weeks, so they were micro-preemie babies. It was intense, just to say the least. Like, I seriously feel sometimes it plays out in my head like a movie. You know, um, I had interrupt me if you guys want me to go into something else. But I basically had what the what doctors call a P-prom, which is a premature mm -hmm. rupture of the membrane. So one of my baby's bags popped in the middle of the night, in the middle of a tropical storm in Miami. I couldn't get anyone to take me to the hospital, so my mom drove me to Holtz, which is the children's hospital at Jackson. I was seeing the fetal doctors at UM, which are an amazing group, and they confirmed, yeah, like, one of your bags ruptured, you have to stay in the hospital, we're in the middle of COVID, no one can come see you, like, your husband has to stay here, but your kids can't come, you can't go, and we need to wing it and see how long we can take you so that the babies are born as late as possible. At that point, we were 23 weeks. So if I would have decided to go into labor, my babies would have probably never made it. But after lots of poking and lots of crazy days in the hospital, we were able to keep the babies inside for like, four more weeks and they were actually born like around 25-ish, 26 weeks, almost 26 weeks, which sounds like nothing, but um, that makes a huge difference for lungs. I got every sort of medicine, magnesium, like I became an expert on how to make babies mature quicker. And that's like the gist of the story. The babies were in the hospital for 150 days. So we became like residents at Jackson. We know everybody there. And thankfully, we were able to bring two of the babies home, which are the ones I was talking to you today about my motherish moment, because they are doing amazing for being born so young. And they get to do normal kid stuff now. And I say normal with like a little hesitance, because I think there's parents with kids with different circumstances, but they all try and thrive. Well, they strive to find normalcy in like routines and doing what other kids do at their same age. So I'm just thankful that we're at that point. We still have lots of doctor's visits. We still have lots of craziness. We have surgeries planned out, but in general, they are doing really well. And that's why we're here. That That's basically the situation. Like we basically gave up our stability, our jobs, our friendships, the life we had created in Europe because for us, our family and our kids, well, we're the most important thing, you know, and giving them the chance to live was just as important for my husband and I. Like we talked about it a lot, you know, since it was always panned out like, oh, do you want to get rid of one of the babies? Should we do a reduction? And we decided, listen, if there's three heartbeats and all three of them look healthy, 
then we go as far as we can and as far as my body allows it and God allows it and and we just have them, you know, and we'll wing it. We're basically winging it too. For kids, for kids, five and under is winging it every day. Tienes mucho en tus manos. Pero con solo mover un dedo puedes dar marcha atrás con Pro Trailer Backup Assist disponible. Presentamos la nueva Ford F-150 2024. Ya sea que estés trabajando al máximo o divirtiéndote al máximo, esta camioneta te respalda porque está hecha para ser una parte indispensable de tu equipo. Fuerza así de inteligente solo puede ser F-150. Construida con orgullo Ford. Fuerza Ford. Aloha mamá. ¿Dónde andas? <ríe> Seguro de compras. Tengo mucho que contarte. Hawái es increíble. He estado de un lado a otro con mi unidad. Todos son súper talentosos. Ya reparamos otro helicóptero Blackhawk y oficialmente formamos nuestro equipo de fútbol. Para la próxima te cuento cómo voy con el surf y me cuentas qué te pareció el podcast que te compartí. ¿Ok? Te quiero mucho. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously. Shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Garopay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Annie, talk to us a little bit about what your routine with the NICU became. So you were in the hospital for a while. You got your babies to almost 27 weeks. You gave birth. And then what happened? Did you have to go home? Like, how, how was that dynamic? My God, actually, it's so, I always call it inhumane. And I know it sounds tough, but it's so freaking hard because... The situation you're put in when, mm -hmm. and I think Pamela, you had some issues with Fortune, mm -hmm. I believe reading that he was in the NICU or something. So you might relate a little bit, but I mean, when you get pregnant and you feel you're going to have your baby, you usually imagine like you going home, carrying them, breastfeeding them, you know, like the whole breastfeeding journey. Oh my God. <laughs> like all these Instagrammable moments and that we're going to live with. And honestly, with this type of situation, having micropremies, it totally breaks down everything because we basically went into survival mode. Like I obviously couldn't bring the babies home. I was in the hospital after a really tough C-section for four days under observation because I almost had to get blood because of the amount of blood I had lost during the C-section. I obviously couldn't breastfeed them. They were being fed through tubes. So I was introduced to the beautiful life of a pumping mom. Thankfully, Lupita, the, consult, the specialist at the hospital, was amazing explaining this. But for me, it was all inhumane. Like, I was coming from two very healthy pregnancies where as soon as my babies were born through C-section, we had done skin to skin. They had slept with me the first night. 
And actually the first 24 hours the babies were born, they were so sick and they were trying to stabilize them that we weren't even allowed to go see them. So the first thing that happened when I woke up from the C-section is like, okay, they're still alive. Just so you can imagine the dimension of the C-section, I was in the biggest OR they have at Jackson and there was around 45 people with us to deliver the babies. There were three neonatologists. There was nurses for each one of them. Each baby had to have a respiration therapist to get intubated so they wouldn't die. Then we had a bunch of doctors, nurses, and we had a lot of students coming in to learn because obviously I think they get triplets once a year at Jackson. So when I woke up, they showed me the footprints of the babies. That's all they could show me. I didn't see pictures. I didn't see my babies. My husband was allowed to go visit them that night and they just told us like, listen, one of the babies, Pablo, is very weak. We don't know if we're, if we're going to be able to stabilize him. So we'll just see. Like the first 24 hours are super hard. And then my life basically just became pumping, pumping because let me just <laughs> mention that I hated breastfeeding my two daughters. I breastfed Maria for a month, hated it. We had a lot of weight issues and I was so done with it. Then when Anna was born, I decided to formula feed her and I fought my husband, I fought my mom and I told them like, listen, it's my body, I get to pick, she gets formula. But with the triplets, surprisingly, doctors yeah. really explained to me the importance of getting mm -hmm. breast milk into their gut since it was so immature. So I really put it into myself. I was like, listen, I don't produce a lot of milk, a but drop. they're yeah. tiny babies. Yeah. So I guess they probably need like half a teaspoon to be filled. So I'll just start pumping. So I started pumping every three hours to feed them. And then I would actually... When I was allowed, I went to visit them. At the beginning, I couldn't even touch them. Like their skin was so frail that they could only be touched certain times a day so they wouldn't get How stressed. How much did they weigh? I know in grams, because that's what they use in the hospital. But um, Pablo was the biggest. He was 797 grams, so about the size of like hamburger. a big hamburger. Gonzalo was 749 and Miguel was 710. 710 grams. is one and a half pounds. Yeah, they were tiny. They would fit into my hands. Mm -hmm. I can probably share pictures with you. You want to see them? So I would pump. I would go visit them. Unfortunately, since we were in the middle of COVID or we were still in COVID, like people hadn't gotten vaccinated or anything, we had really strict visiting rights. So only one parent could visit a baby a day. In the beginning, since it was three babies, I was actually able to include my mom in the, like for her visitation rights. And then as long for the first two weeks when Miguel was alive, she could come and visit. But she didn't like it. She didn't tell me at the moment, but like she was like, I yeah, take looking at the babies intubated, like not being able to hold them or anything. Because just so you get an idea, they were born November 23rd and they allowed me to hold Gonzalo December 6th, the day Miguel passed when they were changing his bed, just to give me like a sort of sense of relief. And then we were really able to do kangaroo care. So you take the baby and you put him in your chest when they're stable enough, just because that bond helps around New Year's. So it took almost like a month and a half for me to really be able to hold them. So we could only visit from nine to 12 and from three to six. Once you walk into the NICU, you have to get rid of all your jewelry, your bags go into plastic bags. So you have to carry a plastic bag around. There's no pumping stations. It's very uncomfortable for a postpartum mom in general. And I was super grateful. I was able to participate in this leadership program Miami has. 
that actually helped make this experience better for the NICU parents at Holtz. We did the grieving room and put some water in because we weren't allowed to have water with us, but we were, and I say we, because there's a lot of moms, there's like 160 beds at that NICU. You're pumping milk out for your baby, but Mm -hmm. you can't have water. So, you know, it was very incoherent. I love the nurses. The nurses were awesome. Like I, I really had a good experience. Overall, it was a horrible experience, but we were blessed to meet so many beautiful and humane people on the way. But yes, it's very complicated. I always say like I was thankful that I had quit my job, that my husband wasn't working because I still can't believe, for example, in Florida or in general in the U.S., if you have a premature baby and you take your maternity leave, when they go home, you don't have any more maternity leave. So there's a lot of instances where you see babies by themselves. A lot of the nurses do kangaroo time themselves. They have a couple of like specialists that sing to them and stuff like that because most parents can't really spend the day with them. I mean, you basically have to have your C-section, get ready and then go back to work so that when they actually come home, you have your maternity leave to spend with them. So now I always, I think I always look at the silver lining. So I, I, I always thank God, like, thank God I didn't have my corporate job anymore. And I had no option but to stay bedside with my kids. And I honestly feel if any NICU parents are listening to this, my biggest tip would be to try and always be there. Because I think the, the biggest hardship with the hospital is doctors and nurses rotate. So they're reading charts. They don't necessarily know your kid. Maybe they've taken care of them once, twice, you know, they don't get them all the time. So the only constant your baby has when they're in that situation is you. And my mother instinct played a big part, I think, in actually being able to get them to come home because I was there every day. I knew what medicine they would get, what treatments they were getting. I had this situation with a resident where they're like, your baby's going to have to get a G-tube, which is the tube they put into your stomach because he said that he wasn't eating. I was like, what are you feeding him? Because he was eating fine yesterday. And they're like, no, we're mixing formula with breast milk. So Gonzalo hates mixing food. So I was like, can you guys just try giving him my breast milk one feed and then the formula another feed just to see how he's doing? And he he ate. Doctors try and do a great job, but they do a great job and they make decisions off the information that they have. They don't have our motherly or fatherly instinct because dads know their kids too. I think that played a big role in being able to get them to where they are today. You mentioned at the beginning, Annie, that finally after, you know, two years, you finally feel like you're seeing the light, like you're coming out. What was for you the darkest moment and what helped you get through it? Listen, I think it's been like a wave, like you come and go. I think you see the light, but then it's not really what you're expecting it to be. And you go back into the darkness. Obviously, my hardest day would be Miguel's death just because we weren't really expecting it. Out of the three triplets of the triplets, he was actually the one that was the most stable. And then suddenly I walked into the hospital one day and he was turning gray and like his saturation was going down and he started getting super, super sick in like a matter of minutes. And I didn't understand. I didn't fully grasp what was going on. And 24 hours later, he was gone. So I think that would probably be by far the hardest day I've had to go through. But it comes and goes because he's tied to his 
brothers and this is actually something that i've been working on with um i started seeing a ptsd psychologist like specializing in ptsd a little while back and then i was explaining to her that i think the difficulty at in general from these two years is managing the emotional part because you're dealing with a lot of strong emotions at the same time so for example that was a really hard day their first birthday was a really hard day because i was like experiencing all this happiness oh my god my babies freaking finally turned one they're gonna start walking we're gonna leave like all this misery from the hospital behind but i don't have their brother with me you know so it's it's managing i think it's it's hard to explain grieving because it's not a, a fun subject to talk about and people don't really share their experiences with the world but at least for me i think that has been the hardest part that i find myself in dark places in random days and i told karen yesterday when she texted me wow i can't believe you just sent me this message because i had a really 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 rough day after a couple of like really nice months of me feeling like okay i'm gonna work on myself let's work on our ptsd after all this situation i think it's a hard journey trauma is a hard journey we're not taught to deal with these emotions in survival mode and the let's say like everything that happens and that comes along with trauma because mm -hmm. it's not only mental like even your body wise I, i was talking to a psychologist and i would tell her like i've always been skinny never had issues losing weight and my pregnancy just like discombobulated everything and and she would say like this all goes back to your dark days to your trauma to the anxiety and um I feel these dark moments come and go, but definitely yeah. the day we lost Miguel. I mean, you guys are moms, so I guess you know what it feels to hold your baby, to see your baby, to watch them breathe, move their hands. Like for me, he was a freaking miracle and he was gone, you know? And it was hard because I didn't get to grieve him either because it was like, okay, my baby just died, but I have to go pump for the other two. And, and I had doctors walking in. Like the only time I was able to carry him was that day. I never carried him. And I had doctors walking in like, can we do an autopsy? Because we're not sure if what he has, his brothers have it, you know? So it was just very rough to go through. I just feel it gets better with time. I've learned to cry it out. Crying really helps. And I'm trying to teach my kids that yeah. crying isn't a bad, you know, like feeling sad is just, yeah. it's a good emotion too. It's good to feel sad. It's good to share your sadness. It's good to let it out. And I'm trying to pass this on to my kids because I feel, at least in our generation, like being sad is a sign of weakness, is a sign, is a sign that something's wrong with you. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's just part of life too. So the dark parts just make the good parts and the bright parts even, you know, like even better. You've been really committed to sharing your story in hopes of helping other people. And I think that's kind of like the message for this episode, like kind of finding purpose to all this pain, right? Sharing your story, making other people feel that they're not alone, maybe sharing your best advice and saying this is bigger than just my own personal story. There's other people in similar situations that probably could benefit from hearing me, you know, as they're walking now and they're probably like in the middle of it right now. And maybe listening to your story is probably going to bring them a little hope, you know, hearing the fact that there is a way to find a bigger purpose to all this. Definitely. I am always questioning God, like, why did you want our family to go through this? Like, what do you want us to get out of this? Like, do you want us to help our families? 
in what sense can I help? I obviously think it's, or what we've tried to do is always, we were at Holtz, so we try and go back to the NICU at Holtz and help them out with what they have there. It's actually one of the biggest NICUs in the country, so it's a good place to start with. I've been reached out by other families who are going through similar situations, and I guess just the hard part about actually sharing or being raw with your story and what you go through with this situation or any other situation in life that has trauma involved and grieving, it's triggering, you know, like I really want to help other families, but at this point it still triggers a lot of emotions, yeah. a lot of anxiety. So I'm really trying to work on that so we can see as a family and as a, an individual, how our story can help other families going through that situation how we can lobby, maybe, you know, sometimes I laugh, but I'm like, we should go into politics. I swear the world needs more women focusing on maternity leaves and all these humane aspects of life that aren't really considered by laws in Florida or in the U.S. I'm just glad to share. And I want to be an approachable person. Like I always tell people like, listen, I don't know if I can help you. I don't know if your situation is the same as mine. I don't know if my words are going to help you out, but you have someone to talk to here. And I've been reached out by people who have kids in the NICU, moms who have lost their babies really like late in their pregnancy or even early in their pregnancy. And I just feel like the rawness of the situation and being able to open up your heart so other people see what you're going through might be able to help someone else. Like I have friends with kids with autism who have been like, listen, We've seen you pummel through like the hardest things in life and being able to share it and say, okay, I'm a mess. So I'm having wine because my kids are being crazy today and I can't handle it anymore. And I just wish everybody would get a little bit inspired into opening their hearts and their stories and showing that rawness to the world because I feel it really helps other families. And you never know who you're inspiring because people tell me like, wow, you're inspiring me. And I'm like, I feel like a normal person. Like I don't, I'm sure there's people going through hell and worse, you know, like, or going through, I actually follow this Ecuadorian family and her daughter, they moved from Ecuador here. I met them at the whole PQ entrance. Their daughter has a congenital heart disease and they have it so hard. Like their baby's sick all the time. I don't know if she's going to get better, you know? So I always talk to Gonzalo, like, our kids, crossing fingers, are going to grow up and this is just going to be part of their story. So we're so grateful for it. There's people that have such a, a tough time in general with sick kids, being sick themselves, you know? And um, I just hope, you know, like, our regular family story can inspire someone else into sharing or reaching out. But I don't feel it's special. Thank you so much, um, Annie, for, for sharing this and for opening up with us. Um, I'm also on a lighter note, going to give a shout out to your amazing store. So Annie is also an entrepreneur and she has the most adorable kids clothing. Her Instagram is shop el rincon de Maria. And it's like European clothing for your children. So if you're looking to splurge and spend some super cute, get some super cute clothes for your kids. She also does that. Like, I mean, I don't even know. I could barely leave my house in the morning. And, and she also does this on top of being a, a very, very super mom. El Rincón is, um, is a silver lining to the whole situation because I never share this publicly. But when I was sitting in the hospital, like looking at my babies, 
in the incubators like what do I do for the next three hours besides feel like I'm a cow because I'm pumping every two hours here but I'm sitting in a chair with nothing to do and I started like really focusing on I'm bringing our story like our family story into El Rincón my personality developing content and really working on my relationship with clients so even though the store is fully online honestly with four kids I can't imagine having a storefront I think I would die at this point It was like a soothing for my heart to have the store because it was a way for me to disconnect and have a normalcy in the hospital environment. So people didn't know I was sitting at the machine, like watching my kids' saturation when I was like, oh, you're looking for a size 36 in this? Okay, <laughs> let me check what you have it type of thing. So a lot of them have actually been with us since that point. And I actually took the step this week to officially announce that we're going to do our first physical event so you guys are invited to Aww. november 4th we're taking over let's bloom floral and we're gonna do a morning of like little bites and shopping and we want to bring this i want to bring back you know i always say i know for sure now i'm not having any more kids especially after the trauma and with four my hands are full but i love being a part of people's special memories so i came from media and from marketing And now I love the store because it gives me the opportunity to really connect with people and share their special milestones, like your baby's birth, your baptism, first birthdays. We're doing our first event and I'm super excited to finally get to meet a lot of the people I've been interacting with for the past two years. And let's see where it takes us. But I love my store. Very much Pamela's aesthetic for Ford. It, I it know. Felt like it very much. My poor <laughs> child it was like, had like 20 Spaniard outfits by the time, you know, I was like eight months pregnant, ready for him to like be into it. And I, I mean, even this past Thanksgiving, I still dressed him up like in his little socks. And like, so I'm all about it. So I'm so excited for you. Good luck in this event. Thank mm -hmm. you for sharing your story. Thank you. And... You know, we wish you all the blessings and all the strength going forward. And we're looking forward to seeing all your, your little ones grow up, too. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me and for having me over on your podcast. You know, I'm like a super fan. <laughs> Thank you. Aloha, mamá. ¿Dónde andas? <laughs> Seguro de compras. Tengo mucho que contarte. Hawaii es increíble. He estado de un lado a otro comunidad. Todos son súper talentosos. Ya reparamos otro helicóptero Blackhawk y oficialmente formamos nuestro equipo de fútbol. Para la próxima, te cuento cómo voy con el surf y me cuentas qué te pareció el podcast que te compartí. ¿Ok? Te quiero mucho. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Garopay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Este abril te invitamos a nuestra feria virtual Univisión Contigo rumbo a la universidad. Conéctate virtualmente con representantes de colegios y universidades en la costa este. Desde Nueva York a Florida, aprende sobre ayuda financiera, becas y otros recursos para continuar tu educación. Regístrate para asistir y para la oportunidad de ganar una tableta. Te esperamos en Univisión Contigo rumbo a la universidad del 3 al 9 de abril. Regístrate ya en univision.com diagonal universidad. Spring, is that you? 
Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.